I'm Felicia. I'm Ian. And we are the Paranormal Lovers. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to another week of the Paranormal Lovers. This is um, episode five. Five. Fives. <laughs> Fives. Five. Five. Made it halfway to ten. Ayo. What is, what is my computer doing? All right. So this week we're going to go back to Ghost. Woo. And we are going. I mean, boo. <laughs> booga booga. Um. We are going to be going to San Juan, Puerto Rico. And I was going to say we got out of the south, but that's like way, way south. <laughs> yeah, but it's like warm tropical south. Yeah. So, um, we Should be gonna, a lot better. <laughs> we're going to go visit the haunted forts in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Nice. Um, a little background on Puerto Rico itself in... 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Um, <laughs> I hate him so much. On November 19th, November 19th, 1493, colonizer Columbus came upon the archipelago of Puerto Rico, which at the time was known by the indigenous people of the island, the Tainos. It was called Borkian? Borkin? Borkin. I want to say I've heard that from my history class before. Possibly. Um, it was right there on Google. So I never actually known that there was another name to it. Um, you yeah, know, colonizers going to colonize. I love um, all those islands down there. Yeah. You've that's been. My, that's my happy place is the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, in 1508. Another colonizer named Juan Ponce de Leon came upon what is now known as San Juan Bay to set up a colony and dubbed the island Puerto Rico, which means rich port. Um, during the 16th and 17th centuries, three forts were built on the harbor to defend from pirates. Yar. Yar. Uh, my people. And other <laughs> European countries wanting to colonize that area in 1511 the first bishop of the new americas came to puerto rico oh no <laughs> puerto rico became the first evangelical base in the quote-unquote new world as well as the first base of the inquisition <laughs> papa emeritus <laughs> no one expected the spanish inquisition um <laughs> With the way that this base was set up, with all of these evangelicals and with the Inquisition having its main base there, um, the island was actually off limits to Jewish people huh. due to the fear of death. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, there is some stuff that, like, you know, they probably still came and snuck and um, came to live on the island because it was a beautiful land, so... And I know we're having a tactic playing with our stuff. Okay, it's good. It's good. There we go. <laughs> All right. In 
1537, there were multiple raids on the island by French pirates. And there were also, of course, battles with the indigenous people of the land. So they decided to fortify the city. Um, the first place that was built is not one of the haunted forts, but it was La... Excuse me. Spanish is no longer my strong suit. La Fortalezia, La Fortalezia was built on the non-seaside of the city. So it was built on the land side. Right. So it did nothing to defend against pirates. Yeah. Nothing. Um, on the next fort that was built, it was started in 1539. And it took them until 1790 to complete what is there today. So hmm. for over 200 years, they built this up from like a regular just little fort to just massive. It's over six levels high. Wow. Yeah. It's a massive, massive fort. And this was Castillo San Felipe del Moro, or El Moro for short, which not sure what Moro means. I should have. Let me Google that real quick. Um, this fort was attacked repeatedly with starting with um, Sir Francis Drake I've heard and, that one yeah in 1595 um, he was one of the first people to try and attack it and he couldn't all the way to the US Navy bombing it in 1898 hmm. and not once has this fort ever been defeated from sea. There was one thing about it being defeated, or like once somebody actually like got into the fort, but that was because they came in from the land side, right? Instead of the sea. Promontory. What is promontory? Supposedly, El Moro means promontory, but I don't know what that word means, so we're just going to skip that. <laughs> All right. I don't know uh, either. English. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Um, in 1898, due to the Spanish-American War, possession of the island changed from Spain to the U.S. under terms with the treaty in the Treaty of Paris. When Fort Brooke was built there, which is, I guess, technically what's there now, um, El Moro was kind of built into the plans for the new fort. So they just like built around it or Pretty something? Much, or like added to it. Um, and then in 1961, the U.S. Army handed possession of the fort over to the National Park Service and it became a World Heritage Site, which it is to this day. Right on. Um, paranormal activity at El Moro you know, this is a fort. This place was there for between the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, like, which this was... There was actually a Civil War in Spain as well. Um, right. So, you know, it played a part in that and whatnot. So, most of the reports that come out of El Moro are noises of soldiers and prisoners. That's right. fun. Um, <clears throat> you know, over... And it was actually active for over 400 years. So that's 400 years of soldiers and prisoners that... It's a lot of battles. You know, I, I don't think the Geneva Convention was around then. So no. cruel and unusual punishment wasn't a thing. Right. Um, 
And I could not find the story behind who this could have been. But, of course, there's a woman in white. Um, She doesn't just drift around, though. No. She slithers across the rampart. Rampart? Ramparts? Ramparts. Right. I'm good. Like a snake lady? Yeah. <laughs> like a creepy woman in white. Um, there is another smaller cat. There is a really, really small fort um, that doesn't have a lot of information on it actually being like haunted or anything. Um, it wasn't used a whole lot because it was tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, 1608, San Juan de la Cruz, also known as El Canuelo. I want to say Canelo. Um, <laughs> but there, I'm not sure if Canelo has a U in it. I right. need to pay attention when we go eat there next time. Um, I hope that ding dong didn't show up. It's okay, I can cut it out. <laughs> So, it was built on an island, kind of catty-corner to El Moro. Mm-hmm. So, when you would come in the harbor, um, you would try and, like, drift away from El Moro so that their bombs and stuff wouldn't reach you. And this would put you close to this side of the harbor, this little little inlet right here, this little island. So, that's where they put San Juan de la Cruz. And when you tried to get away from El Moro, they could bomb you from de la Cruz. Right. Um, now, again, I said it was small. 50 square feet. Hmm. It had a bathroom, a kitchen, and a place to sleep. Um, in 1625, it was attacked and burned. It was rebuilt using masonry after that because it was a wooden fort. But then after El Moro was completed, it was no longer used by the military. It was then modified for a quarantine containment place. Oh, that's horrible. For infectious diseases such as leprosy and cholera. Yep. But there is actually no known record of it ever actually being used. Yeah. So, but the granddaddy, the, I don't know if I want to say the biggest, probably the most disturbing one, is Castillo San Cristobal. Built between 1634, 1765, it was named for St. Christopher, patron saint of land travelers. It is thought to be the largest fort in the Americas. Nice. Massive. I want to go see it. Yeah. I want to go see it too. Um, obviously, we will post pictures on Wednesday with this, but it's it's beautiful. And it's beautiful. San Juan's a beautiful city. I bet. Um Irishman Thomas O'Daly was Thomas. the chief engineer, assisted by Juan Francisco Mestre. It is only three levels high, but it has a deep moat and several tunnels. Spooky. Hmm. Now, there's different tunnels. You have tunnels that run predominantly under the fort. Um, so soldiers can get from one side of the fort. They can move supplies from one side of the fort, this, that, and the third. Um, and you have tunnels that would lead outside of the fort. So they could go, if somebody was coming to attack by land, you could slip outside of the fort and meet them before they ever got to the gate. Right. 
And then there was a third type of tunnel, countermines. So they would have special tunnels dug out that they would fill with gunpowder and then explode them. So they pulled a a, uh, Game of Thrones on them. Yeah. Or I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones took that. Got it from that. Yeah, I got it from that story. Or from some story because I'm pretty sure countermines were probably a fairly common tactic by then sure um but yeah so blow them to pieces just blow the tunnels up people are falling down into holes getting blown into bits um the main plaza is the heart of the fortress that's where they used to train their soldiers and they would have special events when important people would come in and the surrounding plaza has 11 casemates casemates are large reinforced rooms with portholes for cannons. And mm. they were built to be able to withstand like the blowback off of explosions and stuff. Um, it housed everything from the barracks to the kitchens to the latrines. There was um, probably one extra fortified casement, which I thought was a little crazy, but it's where they held their gunpowder. Right. Eh. Okay. There are, and this, you'll love this, there are five underground cisterns that can hold up to 800,000 gallons of water. Huh. And they are still in use today for maintenance of the park and for education on self-sustainability. Cool. Which is, that's really awesome. Now, this has a dungeon. And this dungeon is one of the most, probably the most haunted place out of all the forts. Right. Um, there were 300 prisoners that were kept there, including a friar who I believe was put in there for um, assaulting someone. It is the Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, yeah. And, I mean, you know, priest people are always right. surprised. Um, so the friar spent 20 years in there. He was one of three people who, trigger warning, did not unalive themselves. Right. In this dungeon. Out of 300 people, three did not take their own life while in this dungeon. Wow. Now, keep in mind, there were no, there was no torture in here, but there was no light. Right. It was completely dark. Um, there were rats. Disease mm. was rampant. Right. And they would just throw them in there. So what? People who could not deal with being incarcerated in there. And this is pretty sad because I think it said that most of them ended up taking their own lives within like 100 days of being in the prison. Hmm. So we're talking like three months. Right. And again, trigger warning. Um, They would run down the 12 foot length of their cell and bash their heads into the wall repeatedly huh. until they died. That's brutal. And that's how like... 297 people murdered themselves or like took their own lives because they were in prison. Right. Um, but it is really cool is that there was one, I'm not sure if it was the friar or somebody else, but there is a picture that you can still see that was painted by one of the prisoners. Um, there were bioluminescent plants that had started growing in the prison, Hmm. like in the dungeon. And so he was able to make paint 
out of the bioluminescent plants. I wonder if it was Foxfire. I don't know. <laughs> it's Puerto Rico. I'm not sure. Right. Um, well, it's so, in like swampy areas. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But um, it was, yeah, so he painted a beautiful picture on the wall with this bioluminescent plant paint, and it's still there to this day. That's cool. Yeah. So, one of the defense measures of this fort is sentry boxes. Um, they they were just little, little boxes that jutted out off the edge of the forts. And, you know, you could see, maybe not a 360 degree view, but you would be able to see all around for a good bit. You could see when people were coming in and whatnot. One of these sentry boxes is today called Gardita del Diablo. Or the devils, the devils, the devil. <laughs> Listen, my accent slips out sometimes. Um, or the devil's sentry box. That's cool. Now it's isolated. It's actually really sounds cool. like a metal band. It, TM 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 TM. <laughs> um, this box is rather isolated. It actually sits down the hill on the beach because the fort's like up on a hill. Mm-hmm. This one comes down the hill. It sits on the beach. It's by itself. Um, no one enjoyed being in there. No one liked it because they were so far away from everybody else. And all you have is the ocean right. to look at. Um and you know people are superstitious especially back between the 15 to 1800s sure yeah you didn't have anything but superstition to call on i bet it was spooky at nighttime mhm well part of the routine for the soldiers who would be in the sentry boxes is to call out to each other to check on each other you know right um one night people were calling out to this particular sentry box and the guy that was there didn't answer. He called again, didn't answer. And of course, they were worried because that's their their their, pay, their compatriot down there. That's the first line of defense too. Well, yeah, and it's the first line of defense too. Um, but it was dark, and they were scared, so they didn't go check on them until it that's got horrible. daylight. Yeah. <laughs> He must have got eaten. Um, So when they arrived the next morning, all they found in the box was his rifle and his uniform. Hmm. Um, And so that is how the legend of the Devil's Century Box came about. Said the hell with this. (laughs) Well, the legend is that the Devil came to drag him from the Century Box. Nice. And take him to hell. In reality, he had a girlfriend. I bet. (laughs) they were doing uh, a little something something in the devil's sentry box yeah their uh (laughs) family her family was not did not approve of their relationship and so people are like yeah they just ran away together yeah they had a boat i mean you live on an island you better have a damn boat (laughs) right um that being said it is said that you can still hear the sound of him playing his guitar and the sound of them laughing nice that's so, cool. I want to go hear it. Some people are like, yeah, I think they're just laughing because we're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no devil here. What are you talking about? Oh, hang on. I just lost my notes got, for some reason. It's got sex in it. It's Satan. Satan. 
Satan caused it. Give me just a second. My notes just crashed. Sorry, guys. We're having computer issues. And, yeah, so that was... Those are the forts of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Spooky. Um, the Sentry Box is technically um, close to the public because it's very, very treacherous to get down there. It's like a lot of like rocks and boulders and stuff that you have to take to get down there. But, I mean, if you're feeling adventurous and I'm not sure if you would actually get any legal trouble for it. Um, Probably. I wouldn't try it in a different country. I would not try it in a different country. <laughs> Although technically, uh, yeah, Puerto I mean, Rico, I guess t- Puerto Rico is the U.S. now, right? Uh, uh, technically, it's one of our territories, but right. a lot of good it does them. I wonder if you need a passport. I mean, um, probably not. I don't know. That's a good question. Probably not, since it's a territory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, poor Puerto Rico. Aren't they the ones that that one guy that we won't talk about that was in the White House? Um, wasn't he the one that was just throwing them paper towels like a jackass? Something like that. <sighs> yeah. I know they got destroyed by hurricanes and stuff real yeah. bad. Who knows if the sentry box is still there, you know? Oh, I'm sure it is. Like, this place has been sitting there for... Oh, shit. Over 600 years? Yeah. Forts are so spooky. Wars and hurricanes and cyclones and just everything has hit that thing. I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. You can't walk through a fort and not like have like the shivers. It's spooky. Or like hear like whispers or something. You're like, what the hell was that? I want to say like they don't actually have a fort down there anymore, but Fort Fisher on the coast yeah. You can go walk like the dunes and stuff. And they've had battles down there and it is a very it's all outside, but yeah. it's a very solemn place. You can kind of feel the energy in the place. Right. And yeah, I think anywhere that has battles like that is gonna hold a lot, a lot of weight. Yeah. Especially in a place like Puerto Rico. The energy where of it. I'm sorry, these people didn't need these colonizers to come in. Nope. They did not need their help. They didn't really care one way or another, which is why, like, when it switched from Spain to the U.S., Puerto Ricans were just like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Yeah. But they didn't need that assistance. They were right. fine. So leave people alone. I know it. Jesus. All right. Well, let's see. Next week, we're going to do something a little different. Um, It's going to be more on a... How do I word this? I don't know if it would be a psychological phenomenon, but next week we're going to touch a little bit on past lives and reincarnation. Cool. So, and I got a really dope story that I got from M on That's Why We Drink. So that's going to be dope. Cool. All right, guys. If you'd like, you can go over to Instagram and follow us at The Paranormal Lovers. If you have any stories or any topic recommendations, send them to theparanormallovers at yahoo.com. And I will go ahead and say that we have now have a YouTube channel, but there is absolutely nothing on it. Yeah. At the moment, we're going to work on figuring out how to throw up some 
I don't know, audio on YouTube or maybe some video clips. We'll work that out and let you guys know. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. But, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.